Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Now you can speak to the rock and water will come out. Well, what does Moses do? Well, he actually answers them according to their folly. And he gets so angry with them. And how long are we going to put up with you? <laughs> we? <laughs> What's this we stuff, Moses? Oh, you and God are on the same level now? And he strikes the rock again out of his anger. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. A fisherman needs to find the right type of bait to catch a fish. In your life, what if you're the fish taking the bait that's put out there for you to bite? Today, Pastor J.D. gives some food for thought about the way you choose to respond to people who've treated you poorly. Your response shouldn't match theirs. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Proverbs, chapter 26. Uh, Great chapter. All right, let's jump in. This is great. Uh, Right out of the chute. Verse 1. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Now think about this. Um, how fitting is snow in the summer? Of course, unless you've ever lived in Spokane, Washington, June, July. Uh, It doesn't stay around very long, but that's not the point. The point is it snowed in June and July. I'm still bitter. I'm still recovering from this, but it's not fitting. Neither is it fitting for there to be rain during harvest. And actually, having rain and harvest can destroy the crops. And this is what this is saying, that just as snow in the summer and rain during harvest is not fitting, so too is it not fitting to honor a fool. Never put a fool in a position of honor. Never honor a fool. It can be actually destructive. There's going to be more on this as we're going to see shortly. Verse 2, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. This is New King James Uh, uh, language for it won't land. In other words, you've got this sparrow, you've got this swallow, two birds. Uh, They're not going to land. I don't know if you ever had a sparrow or a swallow or any bird for that matter, unless they're trained. Have you ever had them come and land on your arm? They don't. Well, neither will a curse undeserved without cause neither shall that land on you, stick on you. Uh, By the way, this also, I believe, can speak to the farce of Christians being superstitious. And I'll explain what I mean by that. 
You know, (laughs) there are those who actually believe that there can be a curse on a Christian. That can never happen. That is uh, impossible. Uh, This whole thing of, you know, don't walk under a ladder. Really? Why not? You can walk under all the ladders you want. (laughs) How about, I know I'm going to, well, why not? I'm just going to go for it. Uh, The um, astrology, you know, the the signs, the horoscope, that's it, you know. Uh, You read your horoscope and, oh, wow. Man, today, you know what my horoscope said today? I don't care what your horoscope says today. You know, by the way, uh, the horoscope is a perversion. Astrology is a perversion of God's astronomy. Do you realize that the the signs as they, you know, have them in the, the horoscope, the the signs of the stars, you know, look, so I'm, I was born in July. I've always hated this, maybe this is why. But apparently, according to astrology uh, and the whole horoscope thing, I'm a Cancer. Really? I mean, you know, there's Taurus, there's whatever the other ones are, I don't even know what they are. But do you realize that those are actually the gospel is in the stars? I would really encourage you to go online, be careful, there's so much, you know, rubbish out there. But actually it was D. James Kennedy, uh, who's with the Lord now, he actually wrote a book, The Gospel in the Stars, and he goes through and uh, takes from the beginning, I forget what the first one is, and all the way through to the end, and it's actually the gospel is in there. And of course Satan's going to take something like that and pervert it and make it demonic and satanic and, you know, this superstitious, you know, kind of approach to things. We are, as Christians, and here's another thing, and I might as well, while I'm thinking about it, mention it, we've talked about it before, but a Christian that is born again of the Spirit of God can never be demon-possessed. A Christian can never be demon-possessed. Oppressed, yes. Possessed, absolutely not as a Christian. It's impossible for a Christian to be demon-possessed. Well, I opened up a whole can of horoscope worms on that one, so we'll move on. Verse 3, a whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. This is interesting because it kind of speaks to this whole thing of a fool acting like an animal. I mean, you're going to take the whip to the horse, the bridle for the donkey, and so too when you have a fool that's acting like an animal, you're going to take the rod to the back of the fool. We're going to see a lot more about foolishness. So verses 4 and 5, this is what I mean by I was really looking forward to this chapter. Let me read it, and then I want to do my best with the help of the Holy Spirit to explain it, because at first read it almost sounds like a contradiction. So let's read it. Verse 4, 
Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. That's verse 4. Here's verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Okay, what? Wait, what? So (laughs) verse 4 says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Okay. Verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly. Okay, which is it? Do I not answer a fool according to his folly, or do I answer a fool according to his folly? Answer, yes. Okay. Notice what is said at the end of verse 4 as to why it is that we're not to answer a fool according to his folly. It's lest you also be like him. In other words, don't lower yourself to their level and become just like them in giving your answer to them because you're going to be a fool like them. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. Good example, Moses. In fact, it says, I want to say it's, um, it's when the Israelites are murmuring again. Did you bring us out here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? You had to bring us out here to kill us. And they're thirsty. And, you know, God says, okay, Moses, just, you know, speak to the rock. He's already struck the rock the first time this happened. They're out there in the wilderness and they have no water. And God says, I want you to strike the rock and I want you to, and water will come out. And he did. But then the second time this happens, he says, don't strike it again, because that rock is Christ, a type of Christ, and Christ is only struck once, crucified once. Now you can speak to the rock, and water will come out. Well, what does Moses do? Well, he actually answers them according to their folly. And he gets so angry with them. And how long are we going to put up with you? (laughs) We? What's this we stuff, Moses? Oh, you and God are on the same level now? And he strikes the rock again out of his anger. That is answering a fool according to their folly. Moses has become just like them. And he's answered them, and he's become just like them, and he's lowered himself to their level. Now, verse 5 is very different. Notice it says, the reason you are to answer a fool according to his folly is because you need to correct them lest they become wise in their own eyes. Good example, Job. Uh, At the very beginning of the book, when God gives Satan permission to, I mean just, Job is covered from head to foot, even the bottom of his feet were just riddled with boils, and they were sores, and they were itchy, and he's taking this, you know, these broken pieces there in the rubbish heap that he was in, and he's, he's scratching and itching. I mean, it's just unbelievable, unthinkable. And his wife, just in horror, says to her husband, curse God and die. Thank you, honey, so much. Curse God and die? Now, what's Job going to do? Is he going to answer his wife according to her folly, and become like her in his anger towards her? No, he's going to do what verse 5 says. 
He's going to answer her foolishness according to her folly, but He's going to correct her. And He says to her, shall we only receive what is good from the Lord and not bad? I mean, He basically rebukes her, but not in anger. He corrects her, but in love. He answers her, because what you don't want is for this fool, (laughs) when you answer them, to think by virtue of your silence in response to them, ha, I got them. No, you need to respond. Just don't respond in kind. So somebody is angry with you, critical of you, and then you just lash out at them in the same way that they, with you, you become just like them. You've answered them according to their folly, and in so doing you become just like them. There's no contradiction here at all. Actually, I remember early on in my Christian life, I could never quite get my mind around what this was saying, and I would read all the commentaries and listen to other Bible teachers that I really like teaching this. And basically, it's really simple. The end of each verse qualifies what it's saying. So here's why you don't answer them. Don't answer them in kind, lest you be like them. But here's how you do answer them. Don't get into an argument with them. Don't start this fight with them. You're just going to lower yourself to their level and become just like them. Don't answer them that way. Instead, you answer them, but you correct them lovingly, patiently, graciously. You know, sometimes it's not so much what we say, it's how we say what we say. I mean, just sometimes our body language, the tone of our voice, the way we say something can really change the way it's received. I just, again, I think Job is probably the best example of this. I have to put myself in that position. Thankfully, I've never been, nor do I have any plans on ever being in a position like that. But if my wife were to say to me, curse God and die, I mean, come on guys, what would you say to your wife if she said that to you? Okay, don't think about it too much, (laughs) because I just know for me it would be really hard. It takes a lot of restraint, a lot of self-control from the Holy Spirit to not react in anger like Moses, (laughs) and become as foolish as the one who is saying this foolishly to me. So this is great discernment. These two verses alone here in this chapter can be so helpful to us in our everyday life, right? I mean, how many times, I just think about in the context of social media. Oh my goodness, how many times do we get baited in to engage with somebody who posts? I mean, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I mean, there's just something within us, in our flesh, there dwells no good thing, like Paul says. And I mean, somebody posts something, and we get this all the time. We get a lot of comments, a lot of posts on social media, and they're not very nice. 
And I have to confess that my first response sometimes is verse 4. And then I realize it's not long, I mean it's textbook, it's not long before I'm just going to bring myself down to their level and be as foolish as they are if I let them bait me in. And sometimes I take the bait. I mean, just like the next guy. I mean, okay, really? And then I just come blasting back. And I tell you, there's sometimes there's smoke coming off that keyboard when I, you know, I am fully capable. Oh, really? You know, I have a, uh, you know, God's restored the years the locusts have eaten from my lifestyle before Christ. You know, I, I did a lot of things and it really took its toll on my brain and my vocabulary. When I first got saved, the, the living Bible was a stretch for me. That's how badly my vocabulary and my brain had been uh, cannibalized by my lifestyle. And over the years, God has just restored that. And so over the years, I've learned some big words that make me sound really smart. You know how it is when you uh, think of what you could have said, but after? Oh, I should have said that. Oh, I should have said this. Oh, that would have been a perfect answer to that. Um, You know, I've never regretted something I didn't say. I've never regretted something that I didn't say. And conversely, how many times have I regretted answering a fool according to their folly? And it doesn't take long. And you just realize, and the Holy Spirit is so faithful in that still small voice to say, yeah, I bet you wish you didn't do that, huh? Yeah, that was kind of foolish. Yes, it was. And look at you now, right? Anyway. Verse 6. This is pretty graphic. You've got to love the imagery here. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Wow. So you know that saying we have, uh, you don't shoot yourself in the foot. That's kind of what this is saying. Sending somebody that is unreliable, it would be better that you never sent them in the first place because doing so is like shooting yourself in the foot. That's what this is basically saying. Verse 7, like the legs of the lame that hang limp is a proverb in the mouth of fools. This is pretty uh, graphic as well. I mean, picture this. Now you've got somebody that is paralyzed, basically. They have legs, but they're of no use. Well, so too is the wisdom of a proverb of no use in the mouth of a fool. The proverb in the mouth of a fool is like the legs on somebody who's paralyzed. What, what good is it? What use is it? This is of no use. This is of no good. Verse 8 and 9 go together. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. There it is again. Verse 9, like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. So again, look at the imagery here, the picture that this proverb is painting. You've got this stone and this this sling, you know, the slingshot. How destructive and damaging could it be if you sow that rock into that sling? How about if you have a 
rose bush in the hands of a drunkard. That can cause some damage. That's, um, that's not wise. And so too is this true when you give honor to a fool or you have a proverb in the mouth of a fool. It's like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard. It's like a sling that has the stone sewn in. Verse 10. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. The great God who formed everything gives the fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. What? What does this mean? Well, you ready for my answer? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Here again, I, I've read the commentaries. They don't know either. I've heard great Bible teachers on this, and they don't really have an answer either. Oh, sure, speculation abounds. There's no shortage of speculation. I mean, is this saying that God gives the fool his job, his hire, his wage, and the same thing with the transgressor? Well, that doesn't seem right. And so they'll try to explain it, better said, explain it away. I'm not going to do that. And here's why. Sometimes we need to be okay with not having the answer to everything in God's Word. You know, Pastor Chuck Smith had a file in his study that was marked, Need More Information. And he would put in that file (laughs) verses like this in God's Word. I just, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the point of this proverb is. And I don't want to stand here and try to offer you ten different possibilities, because I don't think that serves (laughs) any purpose. And that's okay. Are you okay with that? What are you going to say, no? No, I'm okay with it too. And by the way, um, while we're talking about this, you know when somebody asks you, a question that you don't know the answer to, don't try to fake it. Well, you know, that's a very interesting question. I'm so very glad that you asked. And there are many different possibilities that uh, one can come to in conclusion to this great question that you have asked. What would you just say? The honesty, the transparency, the humility, the integrity of just saying, you know what, I don't know. I'll look into it. I've got a file for this. It's called Need More Information. I'll look into this. I'll see what I can come up with. But you know what? I just honestly, I do not know. Proverbs is a book of action. The sage life applications written in its pages not only give you something to think about, but they inspire you to act upon what you've read. As you continue to study this book with Pastor J.D., approach each nugget of wisdom prayerfully, asking God to show you how you can incorporate it into your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we could be doing that for you? You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. 
You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. That website also houses all of Pastor J.D.'s teachings, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. It can help you start a conversation with someone you love. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth study of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth.